All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. Today is May the 11th, and my name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week, and I'll be joined by Mr. Mark Cantrell of the Legends and Champions Report. How you doing, Mark? Good, thank you, David. Good. Good. Don't ask me about the weather. I I won't ask you about the weather. How you doing, Melinda Bailey? I'm doing fabulous. How are y'all doing? Good, good, good. Let's say uh, the weather is wonderful in the Midwest today, Mark. Just in case you wanted to know. <laughs> we got a meteorologist on the phone. Do you tell her she's not gonna know any of this? <laughs> no, I get a feeling like she probably knew that already. Well, yeah. <laughs> what's going on in pool this week? Uh, you know, Earl and and Shane went at it again. They had uh, another one of those challenge matches, and uh, guess who won, Mark? I'm going to go with Earl the Pearl. Earl the Pearl pulled it off. Wait. Well, what was one part of the uh, match who could talk the most? <laughs> no. that's the case, I know Earl probably took that set. He took the talking, the talking award. No, they played nine ball, um, ten ball, and straight pool. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe nine uh, Shane won the nine ball, and Earl won the ten and the fourteen won. So he took the clincher on that one. That was a a little bit surprising, but um, you know, I don't think Earl is out of steam. So you know, he's got a little spunk still left in him. Well, they're playing on a ten foot table. Yeah. Right? Yes, sir. And. I, I know that Earl has, <clears throat> if he's still there living in New York, I don't know if he is or not, but he has access to a 10-foot table. Yeah, 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 yeah. To, to plan all the time, more than Shane does. Mm, could be. Uh, and I know he's, not, he, he's made a difference, not made a difference in the past. So, I don't know. It's, yeah, well, that, that's That's cool. the only thing I can put it down to. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Well, what else? Uh, we got some uh, final dates for the U.S. Open. As a matter of fact, U.S. Open is back, and um, gee whiz, it's going to be back at the same location, of course. It's the, uh, what's the name of that? Uh, uh, Sheraton Norfolk, isn't that right? Yes. Riverside Waterside. Yes, the Sher- Sheraton Norfolk Waterside Hotel is, what the, is the official name. But that will be uh, October the 22nd through the 28th. Um, you know, all of the sort of normal information applies. But if you want to find out more, obviously, you can go online and check it out. It will be. Have you, have you been there, Melinda? Have you been there to that location? To which one? To the one in Virginia, the U.S. Open no. in Sheraton. No, I never have. It's a nice place. It's really quite nice. Yeah, it sounds like it's a, it's a nice place, so I just wondered. Yeah, absolutely. They do a good job there, too. Obviously, with Pat in charge of all the all the uh, the particulars, he does a great job. You know, he's a very detail-oriented guy, so it runs very smoothly. So we just want to wish him well with that. That's going to be good stuff. So um, this week, we're going to do a little, little something different. Um Melinda Bailey's joining us to talk about uh, her pool is a journey that she usually talks about. But this time, we're going to twist it around and we're going to ask her a pop question. 
She doesn't even <laughs> know what the question's going to be yet. So you know that I've written before that I have test anxiety. So all of a sudden I've got very, very <laughs> anxious all of a sudden. And me and me and Mark <laughs> are going to gang up on you together, and it's going to be awesome. So just great. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Uh, you know, I did think about uh, this though. I don't know what the question is either, Melinda. So <laughs> <laughs> we're both going to be surprised. But hopefully something we know something about, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, we. You mean you don't want to talk about floor tile or something? No. Um, let's talk mm-hmm. about. You know, uh, I think this you said is. You gave us some some thought, though, David. I did give it some thought, and the it, okay. it just so happens that we had somebody, uh, um, a a listener sent me an, uh, a message talking about how they had enjoyed one of the previous shows and they had a suggestion. So I'm going to go with their suggestion. Right after we come back from Daniel Bush's West Coast Report, we'll be right back after this. Hey guys and girls, this is Daniel Bush with this week's West Coast Pool Report on May 11th, 2017. First off, this goes out to anybody who is local to Southern California's Hard Times Billiards in Bellflower. If you haven't been down there for some time, you might want to pay a visit this weekend and wish a fond farewell to little Al Romero, the legendary pool player and cue maker who's had a shop at Hard Times Billiards in Bellflower for 29 years. Of course, Little Al's customers will be happy to know that he has no plans to stop his operations. He's merely closing up shop down south and he's moving up north to Sacramento's Hard Times Billiards. Al also stated that the move will only cause him to suffer a couple of days downtime and he's still waiting to take your order. So best of luck to Little Al Romero. We're gonna miss you down here in Bellflower. Hard Times Bellflower also made the news this week after hosting a USBA three cushion nationals qualifier. This year's event took in a small field of just six players, but still managed to qualify two. So with that, we would like to congratulate Vicky Pineda, who plays out of uh, California Caram Cafe in Boyle Heights, and also Ho Shi Khan. He came in first place at the qualifier, beating Vicky Pineda 30 points to 15. Ho Shikan plays out of his local room in Garden Grove, and both players will be playing in the Nationals, which come later this June to take place at the Casino del Sol in Tucson, Arizona. And finally on the west side, especially to all of you APA League players out there or anybody just curious, one of the largest mass gatherings of pool out of Las Vegas has concluded. The 2017 APA Pool Players Championship, which took place May 2nd through May 7th, is over. This year's APA Pool Player Championships boasted almost $600,000 in added monies paid out amongst a virtual potpourri of pool events ranging from 8-ball, 9-ball, singles, doubles, masters, and even a wheelchair division. So next time you jump on the keyboard, be sure to go to www.poolplayers.com. You'll find all the results for the APA Pool Players Championships, including a lot of the streamed matches that are already posted to their YouTube channel. In fact, I'm going to give you my critic's choice. A very good match was the finals between William Gallagher Jr. and Daniel McKenney. 
That's the eight ball finals on the purple tier with insightful commentary by Ava Mattia and Jesse Bowman. I think you'll find that match to be fantastic. So with that, I'd like to thank you all for listening to American Billiard Radio and checking out our West Coast Pool Report. As we enter the eye of the storm, it should be pretty quiet on the West Coast for the next month or so as we await the West Coast Swing, which starts on July 1st. Once again, this is Daniel Bush, and if you have West Coast news to share, be sure to send me an email, povpool at gmail.com. Thanks again, and keep loving pool. The suggestion was, uh, talk about what you can expect, what a person can expect who has never played in any kind of a league before. When you go in, like, what? how do you find out about them? What do you do when you show up? And what's the deal with that? And is it scary? You know, is it intimidating? What's so good about these silly leagues in the first place kind of a thing, you know? What what happens when I want to join a league? I think it's interesting that someone that listens to a billiard podcast would ask that. You know, makes me think they're already in the pool. But let's just say that they aren't. Well, sure, sure. I think the I think um, the first thing about joining a league is, um, and I'm just going to be truthful that the the what you figure out after a few years is usually the first team you join is not the one that you should probably be on. <laughs> Might be, that, yeah, uh, could be. And I know that sounds funny, but normally, you know, you're asked, someone sees you playing pool. I mean, if you're a complete beginner, someone sees you playing pool, and like, hey, you play pool, hey, we need someone on our, on our team, and that's kind of how you get on the league. Or maybe you're, you know, in a school function sort of thing, collegiate thing, and you find out there's leagues. And then you, you know, you join it. You, you that's you know you find out from leagues that way. Otherwise, you don't even know that there's leagues out there unless someone brought it up to you. Right, right. That's um, true. But I think that uh, when you first join a league, I think it's it's a lot of fun. I think that's what you you can expect. You can expect to have a lot of fun, and that you can't wait to get back to league, and you can't wait till the next week, and you can't wait to play. That's what I think that you see when you first join a league. Yeah. That changes over time. <laughs> it's going to completely change over time, but in the beginning, that's what it is. It's, it's you know, you're going to join some leagues that maybe you get a chance to go to Hawaii, and some leagues you get a chance to go to Vegas, and it's uh, the camaraderie is amazing, and you know, just the whole atmosphere is. It's a lot of fun, a whole lot of fun. Well, I think that um, you sort of hit the 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 first part on the head with. Um, Wait, I'm gonna. I said that wrong. You you started off getting me thinking about the most important part was finding out um, which league you want to even get into, which involves asking the right questions, as far as what type of how is the league structured, what days of the week, you know, how many games, what game. I think that should be kind of on the top of the list there as far as if you are if you find yourself that interested in enjoying a league then find out more about what they do what how they play what's their payment system what do you do you know uh is your address code how many games do you have to play between such and such a dates and all that other kind of stuff because like you said the less you know you will find out well maybe this is not the one i want because now i have to play when i didn't want to or this type of thing or i don't like this format or 
I don't like this payout structure or I don't like these rules because they are all very individualized, are they not? They are, but I also think that if you're that much a beginner, you're just going to crave to play in a league and just be enamored by the whole idea that there's a league, and then you're going to find out that there's more. Like, most people start with a league because they play eight ball, and then, you know, in a couple of years, you find out there's this thing called nine ball. Wow, there's a nine ball? Oh, and there's a nine ball league, you know, yeah, sort of thing. So um, I think that in the beginning that, you know, the payouts people may not worry about, you know what I mean? I think it's more just, oh, my God, I get to play pool you know, dedicated once a week or whatever, and I'm on a team, and they want me on a team, and I'm going to have so much fun. And, I mean, that's that's how I envision in the beginning, you know. Sure. Like I said, in, in, as years go on, you're going to look at the other, you know, leagues that have different payouts and different alternatives and, you know, things like that. But in the beginning, it's all about just getting out there and, and having fun with your friends and joining leagues, you yeah. know, and playing. Sure enough. Okay, well, so let's say you make the decision to do that. Can I, can I, can I just say something? Yeah, sure, please, please. do. Something I've told, it was I have to kind of hold back my laughter a little bit <laughs> when, you, when you started this. And when you asked the question, and the first thing Melinda said was, well, I find it kind of surprising that somebody who would be listening to this show wouldn't, no, and wouldn't have been on a league. And I thought, how do I address this? Because I've never played on a league, ever. Ah, that's interesting. Huh. I, and I'm a host on a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> About pool. I've written a, I've written a book. <laughs> well, that's a good point, then. <laughs> and I've, I've never actually played on a league. Uh, I've seen uh, I've seen leagues being played, obviously, um, and I'll tell you what I've noticed. And you brought it up a couple of times, Melinda. The camaraderie and the friendships that are built all over the country. I, right. I've been a part of pool and the local billiard community and lots of different communities all over the country. And the one thing that stands out is there's a bunch of people who are all friends who maybe outside of a pool table don't have a lot in common. You know, one right. One guy works for, uh, you know, the city or the state, and one guy works for, uh, you know, computers doing something. Uh, there's a cop and a bank robber. Well, mainly bank robbers <laughs> in pool. <laughs> Everybody seems like they've got this, especially the women. You go, you watch the women play in Vegas, uh, the leagues for BCA. I don't, I can't say I've really been to the APA stuff, but I've been to BCA. Man, they just have a blast. They're just having a yeah. great time together. And yeah. so, uh, if if you're lonely and you're looking and you like pool <laughs> and you're looking to make some friends, you're in a new town. Join a league. Yeah. There you go. Might find your new husband there, uh, you know, or wife, as the case may be. Um, 
okay, I, I'm. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Thank you for that. I'm not trying to be facetious either, but I want to. I want to be more specific with this question. What do I expect? You know, I. I don't mean. Um, is it going to be fun, or am I going to have a good time? What I mean is, um, what happens when I join a league? What do they physically make me do? Is there a schedule? Is there, uh, you know, like, tell me how a, a sample, uh, since Melinda, you run leagues, how does your league run? What would I expect if I go join your league? Well, I, I run a tour, not a league. But, oh, excuse um, me. A tour. But, yes. But if you, uh, but I've been on a, a ton of leagues. Um, but basically, you would have um, your the team that you join. Normally what happens is, is you either, you know, say there's six people and you need five to play a night, y'all all would show up and then the captain would decide, you know, how many games people play every night. Or there's some teams where they decide, you know, hey, we're going to give you, you know, certain certain times during the season off and you just don't come that night unless you want to, you know, but you won't play. And so usually it's, you know, once a week and whatever night it is and usually you – Usually everyone shows up and plays if they can. Yeah. Um, you know, someone might have a conflict or something. And then um, normally what happens is, is at the end of the season there's a playoff and um, the teams, you know, are ranked and based on how everyone does during the season and then there's a playoff. Okay. And um, and then there's payoffs as well. Some, some people have banquets at the end of the season. Some people have little tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some people, they give awards out for, like, top shooter, and, you know, besides the team event, there's individual awards. Some of the leagues, they give you, you know, whoever gets the most break and runs or the most perfect night scores, you know, those right, sort of right, things, sure. like five and O's or whatever. So if I go in, though, by myself, just as an individual, and say, hey, I want to join XYZ League here, are they going to put me on a team? Usually what they do is they go out to the captains and ask, does anyone need a, a, a teammate, a team member? And then someone will come back and say, yes, we could use someone. And then they hook up those two people. Well, not hook them up, but they hook up those two people and uh, oh, yeah. they meet the team and see if they're okay, you know, see if they'll work out. Right on. Okay. Well, I know I'm just trying to be the, like, the, the, the Mark Cantrell that's never been to a league before, and I don't know what to expect, you know what I mean? So what are they going right. to make me do kind of a thing? I think like uh, thing. Melinda said, you, you know, if you're interested in pool, you're going to go, uh, even if you're a beginner, you're going to go to your local pool room and that kind of thing. And I don't yeah. think uh, it's hidden. Uh, making the right choice of league, that that's probably a personal uh, choice. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, you can go, oh, well, the only one be here on Tuesdays and Thursdays and this and that and this much time off and I don't get to go in Vegas and that kind of thing. But uh, I think the uh, BCA is a, maybe more of a higher level, skill level player than the APA players. Ah, but from what I've been that's, told, it's a good point. Um, and maybe it's the skill level, or how serious do you want to take this? Right. You know, do do you want to get your head down and focus, or are you okay having a few beers and say, "Yeah, woo"? <laughs> right. Well, that's a very, very valid point there too. As far as approaching leagues at all, 
is the fact that some leagues, uh, the players are very much more relaxed. Uh, it's like you said, the funner environment. And some leagues, they're very serious about it. Some leagues are handicapped, actually. They'll, they'll have some kind of a handicapping system. Some leagues do not have any handicapping system at all. So, you know, that's another thing where if you're worried about it, or if you're not worried about it, you know, some people like to play on a level playing field, no handicaps at all, that think that's just the best or the fairest way. Okay, cool. But if you want to make it a little easier on you and the team, join a, a handicapped or, you know, a ranking system-based league, then they can put you with people that are your own skill level type of thing. So that's another option. And I think Mark brings up, Mark brings up a really good point that um, if you want to find a league, the best way is to go into the pool room and yeah. either ask around, ask the people that work there. There's posters, yeah. usually, you know, from APA and BCA, and a lot of leagues, in-house leagues especially, they uh, put their standings up there, and you can see contact information on, sure. you know, the walls and stuff like that. So there's, you know, that's really the best way to, to find a league. If you go online, it's, it's a little bit... Um, it's just easier going in the pool room and just asking well, questions. Well, it is, cause, yeah, wall. because you can talk to somebody who plays on the league, too, and get their impressions, right. like I said, about what it's like and, and uh, what their schedules are and that kind of kind of good stuff like that. But do you yep. feel like, Melinda, if, if you had to recommend to somebody like a Mark Cantrell that's never, ever played on a league? No, I'm not going to pick on Mark because he's um, he's not an example of a newbie to pool, per se. Right. What if somebody right. was sort of semi-new to pool, or maybe they had played for a long time and just had never pulled the trigger on a league? Um, would you tell them it's worth it, sort of, overall, to go ahead and go through one of those? Or is it something that, you know, eh, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't? Or what's your personal I recommendation? I think they absolutely should. Absolutely should. Good. There's a lot of reasons why you should, but you know, one of them is, of course, is that it improves your game to be around other people at different skill levels. Yeah. It also gives you something to strive for. For you know, you can, you know, try to be the best team, but you can also try to be, you know, strive to get like in the top ten of the right. league or maybe in the top shooter of the league. The other thing that's really cool is um, that I'm, I'm glad you asked this, so I can mention this, is that. You know, the teams, when you do, when you know, if you get a good team together, y'all want to go to Vegas. And some people have never been to Vegas. And so my girlfriend, she's actually going to Vegas for the first time for ACS Nationals. She's leaving on Tuesday, actually. She's never been on a plane. She's in her 40s. She's never been on a plane, been on a plane, been to Vegas, and played in Nationals. And she's about to make huge, she's she's making dreams come true for herself by, oh, awesome. by doing this. And awesome. so... It's real. There's really so much to it. I mean, besides the opportunities of, you know, the state tournaments are in different cities, and you get to meet people from all over the state. Now, I'm picturing Texas, so Texas is huge. But yeah. what I mean is, is, is also you're going to, you know, eventually you will go to Vegas and you'll compete in in big time events that are just, you know, memory makers for the rest of your life that you can get to tell your friends and family and children. True. I mean, it, it it really is, it really will help your game to join leagues. Yeah. And, you, and you're saying you, you get to meet all these people from around your state uh, and yep. even around the country. Right, um, when you go I'm to Vegas, to, yeah. yeah. well, through, yeah, through the, through the leagues, through one thing yep. or another, getting to meet people from all over the place. Uh, that all have a common, you know, right. uh, interest. 
right. I, I can't remember how I met you, Melinda. I think it was in probably in Dallas uh, that uh, what was that place called? It was with Johnny and Earl. Oh, the uh, oh. when they came down for the exhibition at the um, at Wizards, I think. What's it called? Wizards. No, well, it might be called Wizards now. I'm not sure. Oh, man, they had good food, big bar. They had the private rooms where we did yep. the clinics. Wizards. Well, uh, yeah. I think it was Wizards. It won't call. It won't call Wizards at the time though. It's called something else. I want to say. I want to say something to do with an animal. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's surprising how many people you do meet through uh, right. through pools one way or another. So. Yeah, that is so and it, true. And it and the pool family is amazing. I mean, Mark and Terrell. I mean, we've been friends for years and years. You know, and and the the pool community is just amazing. When you get to go to Vegas and see people that maybe you haven't seen it until you know the last time you saw them was the previous year. I mean, it's it's you know, and and the tournaments in Vegas, the national tournaments, they're just. I mean, they're beyond comprehension. They're just so awesome. That's very yeah. There's they so make much. a big deal out of it. They certainly do. And, yes. Well, you yes. know, and to even to take that that social aspect a little further, there, uh, the pool community or the pool uh, you know world as it is, is kind of different than other sports. I mean, for a lot of reasons. But one of the main differences between say going to a basketball tournament or going to a football tournament or something like that, you know. When you go to these big pool events, you might be walking around the room with some of the best players in the world might be there, right. you know, out on the location, just standing right next to you shooting pool like it's, you know, a walk in the park where in other sports you don't get that sort of elbow-to-elbow -elbow contact with the upper echelon. You know, like you sound like you're breaking up, Dave. I'm yep. breaking up. We are not in a relationship anymore. Sorry, we're breaking up. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, uh, stop it. It's the satellite, man. Sorry. So, it's, uh, it's our. Uh, but that is a good point because some of the amateur events on the national level are on the, at the same time as pro events, and so sure, sure. You know, I mean, Mark and I is a bad example, but we can stand next to Johnny Archer, you know, in Vegas. Yeah, at these events. That's, you know, to where I mean, right. we know Johnny Archer, so that's tough for us to say. But, but I mean, you know, you would just run into pros, the people you see in magazines. I mean, it's really, it's you, really cool, it, and then you get right. to watch them compete in person. Yeah, which is also really neat. Yes. That, that's what I meant about uh, you know interacting with the pros happens a lot more than in yeah. you know any other sport. Basically, you know what I mean. You don't get to. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I give you an example of that. That's something that I saw and I sat and I watched. And I, I couldn't quite believe it was a little surreal what I'd seen. Uh, I was doing a thing uh, like a challenge match in Helena, Montana, and it was being held in the private party room uh, that was off to one side at the Elk, uh, no, Eagles. Eagles Lodge, Fraternal Order of the Eagles. And it was Shane and Earl who playing each other. It's uh, kind of like the one that just happened, but this was on a bar table. And we got in this private room, which was right there. Uh, we got a diamond table brought in, 
is brought in and there's no, they don't accept money and all kinds of stuff. And there's all the people, the pool fans were, uh, the regular pool players. This was the day before the match. And they're all, they've got free table time. They're playing on the diamonds that we do in the match. They're playing like, oh, you know what? They've helped us get this table in here and everything else. I don't care. That's fine. Let them have a good time with it. I went inside the bar and I turned around and they had four little uh, valley tables. And I look over and there's Shane on his own with a house cue stick just banging balls around <laughs> on this table. The nine-foot nine diamond in the other room that's meant for him, who, you know, he, they're all playing on that. He's over there. And some old guy gets up and he starts playing with... Shane. And Shane's playing with against this old guy who has no clue who Shane is. Best player of the United States at the time, uh, without a <laughs> doubt. And he sat there playing with a house stick, and he, the old guy, you can tell he's kind of giving him a double take over there, because he's making these shots. <laughs> he's thinking, huh, this guy's played before a little bit, you know. <laughs> So, but it, it goes to show you that, you know, like, you, like you were saying, you, you can be up close and personal. It's not like you, you can't go uh, to your local driving range and you're seeing a ball up next to Tiger Woods or anything. Uh, right, right. right. You, know, you, you go to the local park and start shooting hoops and all of a sudden Michael Jordan shows up. Yeah. Right, or you go to a basketball tournament, you know, and 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 Shaquille O'Neal's hanging out, you know, just playing. Yeah, you want know. to play some horse? Yeah, you want to play yeah. something, you know, just for fun, <laughs> you know? Oh, you're here. Okay, cool. No, it's interesting. Yo, babe, you, yo, babe, you should play basketball. Yeah, you you you're really tall. You should play some basketball. You know, I <laughs> I think the um I have to agree with with uh, Melinda. In, the, in my recommendation of doing the league thing, um, if not for any other reason, you know, obviously the social aspect that we talked about and, and all the other good things that with travel and, you know. Improving your game. Yeah, and obviously, though, I think that's what I was going to get at was that it, even if it's just a reason to show up, um, it's just a gentle prod in the do better than you would if you were just playing for kicks. You know what I mean? It makes you play a little better, even if it's only a little bit better. Obviously, you can take it as seriously as you want, but even if you're just there for casual, you, you're still thinking about, oh, shucks, I missed that. Oh, my team, you know. Now you've got a reason to try to play better than just for giggles, you know. So it's a good motivator. I, 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 hate, I hate when people train uh, compare pool to golf for one reason or another um, <laughs> but there is a there is something there actually John Schmidt he's got the answer to that one uh, when people say oh golf you can play golf you can play pool and vice versa yeah uh, he says well golf would be the same if after you took your shot you could go take your opponent's ball and put it behind a tree <laughs> but you can yeah that's, that's, that's where it's different but um with golf, I used to love golf. I used to play two, three times a week. Couldn't get enough of it. And I, w I didn't care about beating the person I was playing against. Right. 
right. wasn't about that. All I wanted to do was go around that golf course and play better with a better score than I had the last time I played. Yeah. And that's the same thing, I think, with pool and with joining the leagues. You just want to do a little bit better right. than you did. Yeah, yeah you, it's an individual sport, a team sport, but I think, it, I think a lot of people are the same way that if you think you played well or better than you usually do or better than you ever have and you lose, I don't mind it because I know that I played better than I've ever played before. Right. Right. And that's a, I think that's the key to self-growth within pool and, you know, not going mental and everything else just again can drive you mental (laughs) (laughs) i think i think also um that uh if mark and i were to think about some of the pros that we know not all of them not 100 percent of them but a lot of them started out playing leagues i mean i can think of the you know the women right now the top 50 women probably four of 40 of them i have competed with in vegas or know of their names because of leagues and league competitions and national competitions. Right. So, you know, a lot of the pros start out in leagues as well. Absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely true. Well, and it's also, uh, you know, to take that same sort of thought another step further, um, if you really wanted to take it seriously as far as your game and the improvement of, going through the process that the physical intimidation, the being uncomfortable in the room with your competitor across the table, all of the experience that you get from playing and dealing with opponents and dealing with human nature and dealing with uh, bad roles and dealing with bad cloth or bad league operators, all that is going to add up to you being able to go to a serious tournament and not uh, you know, dropping your pants, so to speak, because you're so intimidated by all this big event and all the hoopla and everything. Going through the league system will prepare you for that, too. You know, The actual physical experience of being there and competing, <clears throat> that's invaluable if you were to ever even consider walking into a, a tournament somewhere. Yep. You know what I'm saying, though. Absolutely. If you go to the U.S. Absolutely. Open and have never ever even played in a tournament before, it's gonna be a, it's tremendously more scary than if you had been okay. in leagues, you know, playing competitively for a while. So, even a monthly tournament or a weekly tournament, uh, right? Or a tour, right? Yeah, <coughs> it's just learning, going through the the motions, learning the ropes, as they say, becoming familiar with the experience. Yes, yeah. absolutely true. So. Thumbs up for league action. And you know what? And I'll also throw this in too. It also supports your local pool rooms. And ultimately, this is good for everybody. Uh, when the rooms stay open, then one room provides play room space for so many people in that area. It is very important to play leagues to support those rooms too and the systems and the other players, you know. So that's also an added benefit, supporting your local businesses. Yay. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot, go, a lot going, a lot going out of business. So. Yeah, for real, they need our support too. So you know, that's a good reason. Well, thanks, Melinda, for being my victim this week. I enjoyed it too. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's nice to be on the receiving end of of a pop question. Uh, yeah, well, it makes you think. You know, you have to sit there and think about it. Okay. Well. Wish wish I had more to uh, more experience to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and it just so happens. Actually, I think I, yeah. I think your points actually were were really spot on for you know because because you haven't played league. Right. You have you brought some great perspective. Well, well, I've right. just seen it. I've been around it. Uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. that, that's the only reason I've got any kind of perspective. I wouldn't know. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I, I guess there's not that much difference. I've just never played in, in one before. Yeah. yeah, that's all. Gotcha. All right. Well, thanks again, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. And thanks, Mark. And thanks, Melinda. Hey, we will be uh, catching you guys next week right here on American Billiard Radio. Bye, everybody.